Hi, and welcome to the It's Not You, It's PCOS podcast. I'm Ebony. And I'm Laura. And we're two expert PCOS dietitians. We're going to be sharing with you our favorite evidence-based nutrition and lifestyle tips so you can start to feel your best with PCOS. If you have ever blamed yourself for having PCOS or for any of the frustrating symptoms that come along with it, we want you to know that it's not you, it's PCOS, and that with the right knowledge and support, you can live a full, healthy and happy life with this condition. Gut health has been a hot topic in the media and will continue to be as we learn more about its role in treating PCOS. Today's episode, we're going to be taking a closer look at the gut microbiome. Hey, Ebony. Hey, Laura. I am looking forward to this conversation today because I get questions about gut health very regularly in clinic and also on social. So really looking forward to chatting this one through with you. Me too. We're going to look at how the gut microbiome is impacted with PCOS, and we're also going to share with you three easy nutrition strategies to implement to improve your PCOS through targeting those gut-loving foods. Great. So I guess, first of all, you know, you might have heard in the media or um, online, you might have heard of the gut microbiome or the gut microbiota. But a lot of people don't actually know what it is. Now, Laura, what is a really nice way of explaining this to our listeners? Okay, so the gut microbiome is actually like an ecosystem of trillions of different microbial communities and lots of different types of bacteria and um, parasites and, and all sorts of different species are going on and they're living there in the gut mostly in the large intestine, known as the colon, and they include, yeah, like I said, lots of different types of this bacteria and fungi, and the microbiota begins to develop immediately after birth, and its composition is influenced by many factors, so like age, type of birth, your diet, your lifestyle, genetic predisposition, antibiotic use, and as as you... um, you know, day-to-day life, you know, the diet and lifestyle choices that you make even continue to influence the gut microbiome. So the gut microbiome plays a really critical role in a number of different areas of our health. And we could probably talk about this for a good hour, but just to give you a bit of a snapshot, the gut microbiome plays an important role in our metabolism and our digestion. We're learning more and more about how the composition of bacteria in your gut can play a role in things like weight loss and weight management. Uh, It can also help to make vitamins and minerals like vitamin K, vitamin B, amino acids, protein building blocks, hormones, and chemical messengers. What else, Laura, does the gut microbiome have a role in in the body? I think this one is the one that's more well-known is um, it's related to your immunity and immune response. So the gut is really this powerhouse of many functions. It can do lots of different things, um, and but it also can be impacted when we don't have that diversity in our gut microbiota and, and we're not looking after our gut health. Yeah, and that's one thing that comes up time and time again that Overall, we can see that having a 
higher, more diverse gut microbiome is associated with better overall health. So it's something that we should all be aware of and that we should all be proactively making choices to really help support a healthy and diverse gut microbiome. But I guess most of our listeners are going to have PCOS. So how on earth does all of this relate to PCOS? Laura, can you give us a bit of insight into the link between the gut microbiome and PCOS and what we know at the moment with the research? Absolutely. So emerging research has shown that the gut microbiome of women with PCOS is significantly altered so um, compared to healthy women. And so there's this dysfunction that's referred to as dysbiosis. So this, this dysbiosis really means as that there's an imbalance between the types of organisms present in a person's natural microflora. So this can contribute to a range of uh, ill health. It can present as you know, not um, being fatigued, having that chronic inflammation active, and also those that blood sugar balance can be impacted as well. So studies suggest that insulin resistance, your sex hormone concentrations, and obesity play a role in that change of diversity in the composition of the gut microbiota that's present in women with PCOS. So having PCOS can impact your gut health and also have the other um, reverse sort of um, role where if we target the gut, we can improve PCOS. Mm. And with the research, I mean, this is a really emerging area of research in the world of PCOS. So there is still a lot that we need to learn to really inform our recommendations around how to improve the gut microbiome to improve your PCOS symptoms. But the research indicates that for women who have high androgens, so those high testosterone or male hormones, this level of dysbiosis or imbalance of bacteria appears to be even more significant. So if you have those high androgens, high testosterone, it's even more important to really focus on supporting your gut health. Yeah, absolutely. It can exacerbate those PCOS symptoms through chronic activation of the immune system, which is occurring due to inflammation. So really, really important to target gut health. We've got lots of food options that we can um, be including in our diet that's going to make a, a, a significant impact. So if you're not really sure where to start, we're actually going to cover some great tips right now. So Ebony, do you want to talk about some of the things that we can look at if we're now looking at gut health as a treatment option for uh, targeting those PCOS symptoms? Mm, so when I'm looking, and look, I would address gut health with almost all of my PCOS clients. I think it's a really, really important area to focus on. We're learning more about that dysbiosis that occurs for, for women with PCOS. But one of the biggest benefits is really helping to lower that chronic inflammation. We know that uh, having a healthy gut microbiome can help to lower chronic inflammation. And we know chronic inflammation is a really key driver of PCOS symptoms. And that's for all women with PCOS, regardless of your body weight. So it's a really important area that I focus on. But when I'm looking at gut health, it's not just the nutrition that I focus on. Nutrition is obviously really important, but it's not the only thing that impacts on gut health. So I also like to look at sleep, stress, mm. 
and also the effects of any medications that someone might be on as well. So taking that really holistic approach to looking at your gut health and making sure that we're not just laser focusing on diet, we're zooming out and looking at the big picture and making sure that you're getting adequate sleep, that you are managing your stress levels because we know that there is a direct link between our gut and our brain called the gut-brain axis and what we eat can impact on our mood and our mental health and our mood and our mental health can also impact on our gut and the symptoms you experience and that gut microbiome. So that's the first thing I like to do is really look at all of those core aspects. But Laura, when we're looking at specifically nutrition, what's your favorite go-to strategy for gut health? Look, I like to discuss with clients the importance of having a diet that's rich in fibrous foods so that they contain both sources of prebiotic and probiotic foods, depending on their symptoms, of course. We may also use um, supplementation, something called symbiotics, where we are combining a couple of different strains, targeting their symptoms. So like you said, you know, each woman will present differently and may be on medication, may not be on medication, may be experiencing those pesky sort of side effects of having PCOS and gut health symptoms. So there's, there's a whole range of of clinical presentations that might come up. So I'd like to just come back and start with food and then potentially look at the symbiotic supplementation as well. And like I said, if I'm starting with food, then um, I've got some gut-loving foods that uh, we can break down. So number one would be include those prebiotics and they're found naturally in foods such as leeks, asparagus, artichokes, garlic and onion, wheat, oats and bananas. Super easy to just add on to what you regularly cook but just being mindful to include these particular ones. Um, prebiotics have like a significant positive effect on the improvement of blood lipid profile and blood glucose. A lot of my clients have never actually heard of prebiotics before. And when I mention them in consults, they're like, what is a prebiotic? Is that the same as a probiotic? And it can get a little bit confusing because they are very, very different things. So prebiotics are what I like to call the food that feeds our beneficial bacteria. So they're our gut bacteria's favorite foods that they love to eat so they can do their thing and they can do have a good effect or a positive effect in our body. So what we want to do is we want to make sure that we're looking after our good back gut good gut bacteria, that we're feeding them their favorite foods that they so that mm. they can survive and they can thrive in our digestive system. So that's the difference. Whereas probiotics, they're actual live microorganisms that when they are administered in adequate amounts, have a health benefit to the host. So just thought I'd clear that up in case you're sort of sitting there going, oh, what's a prebiotic? What's a probiotic? How are they different? Are they the same? I hope that clears that up for you. Yeah, great point. Um, yes, the world of gut health is lots of these different terms. So I hope that that's um, helpful because probiotic organisms are also really readily available in our foods also and they're mostly found in our fermented foods such as like your kimchi natural yogurt and kefir great ads they're also really um, great for your blood sugar levels if you're um, going for the dairy based options as well so um, another win for you to add to your pcos 
diet. And studies have also shown that prebiotics are, have like an anti-inflammatory effect and they can help with the um, regulation of the immune system as well. Mm, absolutely. And look, a lot of clients of mine um, are really keen to add a probiotic in because we hear a lot of positive things about probiotics in the media, in magazines, online. But one thing I really want to stress to you, if you're thinking about or curious about adding in a probiotic, you don't want to rush in and start here because we want to make sure that, as I mentioned before, you are nourishing and feeding those beneficial bacteria with their favorite foods because if you're not, then you're not going to get the best benefit or the best bang for your buck from your probiotics. So probiotics should not be the starting point for improving gut health. It should be one of the final steps. We really need to be focusing on adding more of those gut-friendly foods, those foods, those prebiotics that feed that beneficial bacteria first. Absolutely. That's such an important point because I think there is a lot of great marketing that's going on at the moment about probiotics and there are definitely a health benefit to taking them and they can be really helpful. But um, yeah, they do need that that a nourished gut first. We do need to be introducing that that fuel for the, the gut microbiome to flourish, to be present. And then if a probiotic is you know, needed, then, you know, again, specific strains uh, we know are more beneficial than others. And the amount of that strain to have a beneficial impact is also um, important to note. So a, a dietitian can help determine what you actually need because supplements, you know, it's a big um, money-making industry and, and, you know, you potentially are wasting your money if you don't know what you need and if you need it and how much of it that you need. And that's one of the biggest mistakes I actually see a lot of people making is just taking like a general probiotic and when I sort of ask, well, why are you taking this? Who's recommended this? It's sort of like, I'm not sure. I just thought it was good for me. And we know that from the research that exactly what Laura said, specific strains of bacteria at specific doses may be beneficial for certain circumstances. But if you're not taking that specific strain and dose, you very well could be throwing your money down the toilet, which is none of us want to do at the moment. And another really important thing is when we're looking at those prebiotic fibers, so those foods, those prebiotic foods that nourish the beneficial bacteria in our gut and feed the beneficial bacteria in our gut, these, when we look at the cost of them, are so much cheaper and more cost effective than investing in probiotics. So we're talking things like onions, garlic, oats, bananas. These aren't super expensive, weird and wonderful superfoods, although they, I could, could argue that they are superfoods, but they're not <laughs> any of these weird and wonderful, strange type of foods that you see in the health food section. They're just everyday whole foods that are really affordable for most people. So if we can focus our energy and our time and our money on including more of these into our diet, it's going to have a really big benefit, not only for your health, but will also save you a lot of money potentially on taking unnecessary supplements. Great point, Ebony. Now let's give you another practical tip. We're going to break down fiber in another episode because it is a whole topic in itself. But I'm sure all of you do know that, you know, 
fiber is found in our plant food. And we want you to focus, if you can, on trying to achieve about 30 grams of fiber per day. Now you're probably thinking, oh, how do I do this? So using a calorie counter app can help you figure out how much fiber that you're having daily. And then you'll know how much more you need to include. But I will just put a warning out there that this is not to be done quickly. If you do need to include a fair bit more fiber to your diet to achieve that 30 grams per day, you want to increase your fiber intake slowly to avoid those pesky gut symptoms. So that could cause constipation, bloating, flatulence, you know, all diarrhea could go the other way. So you want to do this slowly, introduce fiber slowly, and also at the same time, increase your water intake. Yeah, fiber is like one of my favorite topics to talk about because we know most people are not eating enough fiber. Most Australians are not eating enough fiber. And when we look at the research around women with PCOS, they're not hitting their fiber targets either and quite significantly under eating in terms of fiber. And it's a shame because fiber has so many benefits for PCOS. It can help with blood sugar regulation. It can help to lower inflammation. It can help with your overall digestive health and having a healthy gut microbiome. The list is endless when it comes to the benefits of fiber. So really making sure that at every single meal that you're having, you're including high fiber foods. So they're your whole grains, your fruits, your vegetables with the skin, nuts and seeds. All of your plant-based foods are going to be great sources of fiber. And unfortunately, when it comes to PCOS, because a lot of people are told to avoid carbohydrates, carbohydrates are one of our best sources of fiber. So when the carbs go, a whole lot of the fiber goes too. And that is not going to have a benefit for your PCOS. And this is why it's so important that you try to avoid that really generic cut out all carbs or avoid carbs or go keto because when you do that, you can end up with huge gaps in your diet and unintentionally make your symptoms worse. So we really want to make sure that we're including those plant-based foods at every single meal to be able to hit that 30 grams of fiber every day. So my one tip for you is at each meal, stop and think, how can I add more plant foods here? What can I add to this meal to increase the amount of plants that are on my plate? And you will automatically increase your fiber. Mm, Love that. And I'm just going to add on one more tip to that because we said three, but I think just to um, give you even more context to how helpful having lots of plant foods that you described. So you just said, you know, increasing your fiber and these foods are found in nuts and seeds, legumes, breads and cereals also. So these are all great sources of those complex carbohydrates as well as um yeah, yeah, a, a complex carbohydrates and also those those plant foods. So, what you want to achieve over the week is, if you want to improve your diversity, is having thirty different types a week. Now that again sounds a lot, but we've listed off uh, quite a range of foods that are from the plant family, and that could be added. Um, quite it can add up quite quickly if you're thinking about having like some oats with some nuts and seeds you know that there there's already you know three four um, serves of plant food three three to four in just breakfast and if we continue that to think like that in each meal you will definitely hit that target of 30 different types a week because we, we're not 
only want to have that that types of fiber, different types of fiber there. Um, we want to make sure we've got that variety to increase the diversity. So if you can, um, once you've nailed how much fiber you've got in your diet, then uh, the next step would be looking at um, mixing it up and getting that variety. Yeah, that's so important. And I know when you look at that number 30, you go, oh my goodness, how am I going to hit 30 different plant-based foods a week? But one of the easiest ways, and this is just one example, is think about those salad bags in the supermarket that have all your different veggies in there. So they'll often have, you know, they'll have some corn in there, they'll have red cabbage, they'll have baby spinach, sometimes they'll have some grated carrot in there, maybe some capsicum. So that's five different plant-based foods just in that one salad bag. So you can see by making strategic choices with your food, you can very easily hit that 30 different plant-based foods a week. Totally. It's just it's just being mindful and conscious to um, conscious of your choices to actually include them. I think that's the thing, having that knowledge and then that obviously that personalization to make it practical to your life is what's going to be the game changer. Yeah. And try not to get stuck in a rut. We're all creatures of habits. And I know I do this too. You know, sometimes you get in the habit of picking the same veggies, the same fruits at the supermarket, just being aware that sometimes you need to mix it up and and try different things. And that will also help to increase your diversity. Absolutely. So lastly, I just want to end on, you know, your symptoms are always going to be so personal. You know, PCOS manifests completely, you know, from one woman to another, it will be completely different what you will present to your GP or your dietitian. And it's so important that you have a look at your symptoms and have a look at your diet and see where those gaps are lying and then, you know, look you know put some of these tips in place but if you're still struggling don't be afraid to reach out for helping and really get that personalized advice and figure out what's right for you what's what's going to help you improve those symptoms and take it to that next level where you can really get that quality of life back i think that these are a great starting point to target your gut health and as a part of your pcos nutrition management as well Definitely. And we hope that you enjoyed today's episode and learned more about how the gut microbiome is linked with PCOS and how you can start nourishing your gut for better PCOS management. If you found this episode helpful, please don't forget to share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to go and leave a review for us. We love hearing your thoughts on the podcast and we look forward to bringing you more informative episodes to help you navigate living with PCOS with confidence.